How y'all doing, Ace 12? All right, making sure we're awake, making sure we're alive. My name is Matt Hayes. I am the college pastor here at 12 Stone. How many of you are in college? How many of you would like to be in college one day? There, now we're going to have fun. How many of you are seniors? You got some seniors, yeah? So that means that basically in your mind, you're already in college. It's called senioritis. Um, how many juniors have that? There, see, okay, smart, good. And listen, I love getting to be here. I love that we are in this series called Clutch because it has to do with sports. Well, at least in the way I'm going to talk about it, it does. Uh, sports is kind of life for me, even maybe to uh, in a bad degree. I love sports. I love everything about sports. Any sports fans, period. Anyone like, has anyone ever played a sport in the room? Raise your hand. Just, okay. Thank you. Uh, did anyone actually catch the marshmallows? Is that what we're doing? Are you going to throw them today? I heard last week you had to catch them in your mouth. Is that right? Okay, that's a sport. Who did that? That's a talent. I don't know who you are, but I want to know. So teach me, please. Now, I love sports. I'll watch any kind of sport. Um, if I could watch anything that has to do with sports, I will, whether it's NASCAR or curling. I don't care. I'm going to watch sports. How many of you know what curling is? Really? For really? Like Nick's from Canada, okay? He, like this, this is summer right now. He has no idea what it is to have like 90 degree weather. So he knows curling. Curling like the ice game. I'll watch the Olympics. I'll watch anything. Period. I don't even care. I love watching sports. I also love playing sports. And so we're going to kind of have a theme of sports tonight. Um, the reason why also is because of the season we're in. Does anyone know what actually starts tomorrow? Yes. Yes. And all the glory of March Madness. How many of you filled out a bracket? Oh, come on, please. Guy, the guys in the room. Girls, any girls fill out a bracket? You can be brave enough to say yes. How many of you know what the bracket is, what I'm talking about? Okay, good. At least we're on the same page. Now, I love filling out brackets because at the end of it, if I am lucky enough to actually get some right, it says something incredible about me, that I'm smart, and I'm smarter than all my friends. I love doing brackets. I've already, I have like a half dozen already filled out. Sorry that I'm not sorry. Um, I actually made the bracket office pool for our staff. Um, I love this stuff, and I love getting it right because it says that I'm smart. I love playing sports. I love the competition of sports. Because whenever I do well in sports and I win, it says something about me as well, that I'm better than you. I just, I like feeling that sometimes. I like knowing that I'm better than you. And I love sports, everything about it, because of what it says about you. All sports do this. But see, here's where we're going to go tonight. While sports may say something about you, where we're going to land tonight doesn't have to do with you. It has to do with others. Sports may say a lot about you, but we're going to learn something, especially tonight, that has to do with others. And see, if you want to be clutch, that's the, that's the word that we are, are clinging to in this series, this clutch series. If you want to be clutch in both sports and in your faith, then you have to learn about the assist. It's not all about making the shot. It's not all about being in the limelight. It's about also the assist. It's about serving others. It's about helping others. If you want to be clutch in both your sports and in your faith, then you got to learn the assist. So tonight we'll have a basketball theme for a little bit um, because I also played basketball. I played basketball in high school, a high school right down the road. I played basketball at Central Gwinnett High School. Anyone go to Central Gwinnett in this room? No. I'm gonna, do you really go to Central? Are you for real? Uh, see? <laughs> Liar. Um, does anyone, anyone, anyone hate Central Gwinnett? Just, okay. Woo! Love you guys. Love you guys. Okay, because um, when, how many of y'all are Peachtree Ridge? Yeah! what I figured. 
I was in high school when Peachy Ridge started, and we obliterated y'all, so you're welcome, okay? Just absolutely humiliated y'all. But we were good back in the day, and I wasn't that bad. I could hold my own. Um, I, was, I, was, I was decent. I was a good shooter. I could dunk when I got in college, not in high school. But I love playing. Actually, though, I would say that I was a better, I was probably a better coach than I was a player. I was like a player coach out on the floor. I know this to be true because even later into my years, I've actually helped somebody learn how to play basketball that had no idea. Apparently, when they shoot a basketball, the way they like to say it is it looks like parting a group of second grade girls. Anyone know who shoots a basketball like this? Ah, and did Steve say that someone taught him how to actually shoot a basketball? Yeah, it was this guy. Yeah. Um, and I can, I can fully confirm that it was the most, I've known Steve for about eight years. We both went to UGA. Uh, that's right. Go dogs. Any dog fans? All right. Now we're friends again. Um, I've known Steve about eight years and I can wholeheartedly admit it's the most embarrassed I've ever been to be his friend. Like, I don't know how he thinks that this is basketball. I don't know. It's like a dance move. I don't understand what that is. But so I taught him how to do it. I was like a player coach. I was like, like Charlie Conway and Mighty Ducks, if you know anything about that old movie. But see, the whole player coach thing is it's a stereotype. It's a certain thing that certain people have in basketball. How many of you have ever played basketball? Can we just any, even like in PE when you're like, I don't want to do this. Right? Team, yeah, team sports. Okay. Well, there are stereotypes in basketball. I'm the player coach, but just to kind of give you a glimpse into this basketball theme, I thought it might be fun to talk about some of the stereotypes that maybe all of you are whenever you play basketball. Y'all take a look. Top, banana swirl. I don't know what that is. Banana swirl. You gotta cut. You gotta cut. Stay on the ground. Got you over here jumping for joy. Thought he was shooting. Come on. <laughs> Time out. What is that? Told y'all to move. That's not moving. <laughs> Communication okay. is key. the Lone Star Conference no Championship. Way. Here we go, Court, tight I met Wilt Chamberlain. Okay, okay I'm right. ready. I got Nick. Iso, Iso. I got all yeah. We got to pick up the pace, all right? I up. got the next game. I got next. Make it a short game. I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> hey, give me a quick hoop real quick. Is that 10? This ball didn't have a good grip. Dude, all dead. I How many of you? I'm really this trying on this one. I'm gonna go two hands. No one's gonna admit that. Are you sure you can dunk? I can dunk. Are you, <laughs> that's like 11. And one. Stay here, stay here, stay here. Check ball, check ball. Are you? Ball. Respect the call. Here we go. Ball here we go. Up, ball up, ball up. That was not a foul. No, 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 no. Double no. stay here. Stay here. Oh, he did it. Oh, Serious? She's a girl. Dude, that's messed up, man. Are you serious? It's what? a girl. That's what you said last time. <laughs> messed up, man. Oh my gosh. Hey, kick it out. Kick it out. Come on. Come on. Uh, no, 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 I'm a shooter. Oh my. oh my gosh. Post it up. You're 6'6. Put it up. Put it up. Put it up. No, 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 no. Get down. 
Hey, why does this dude always wear pants? It's 110 outside. Yeah, kick it back to you and then you shoot, okay? Or, or kick it to him. We gotta go to you. They like attacked me. Well, you're pretty good. Yeah, Where'd you play at? My, my coach didn't send my tapes in, so. Oh, word. Because yeah. I hurt my knee. This oh, your, happened. your knee, man? Well, this one. A couple teams called. Which and they team? Just, it's like Clippers know, or Celtics. Uh, Celtics, or, you know. They were both trying to, you know, hey, we want you over here. We want you over here. They were both calling. And so I'm like, hey, I don't have more than one phone. Bro. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm open. I'm open. Oh, you know that's what we want. Yeah, buddy. Better not shoot it. Better me. Now, listen, how many of you would say you're one of those stereotypes? Anyone want to admit? Oh, there we go. We're having fun now. How many of you know someone else that's one of those stereotypes? Don't point fingers, okay? Even, listen, over, we're pointing fingers now. Don't do that. We can be nice. Now, I love especially the last one and what he said when he hit it. He backed up and, I'm the clutch master, right? Because that was as close as I could get. Because he hit the final shot. He hit the final shot, and he thinks, I'm the clutch master. It's all me. I'm incredible. I am the clutch master. The bank is open, right? But see, here's the deal. Not everybody can hit the final shot. Not everyone can hit that last shot. And so do you have to only be the person that hits the last shot to actually be clutch? I would say no. You don't have to hit the last shot to be clutch. This is where the assist comes in. Because anybody can be clutch. And there's actually... Something uh, on TV that maybe you've seen that talks about this thing called an assist. It's a, it's a commercial. Maybe you've seen. I love it. Also f- falls into the theme of basketball. So maybe, and just so you can see what the assist looks like, y'all watch this. Assist. Twins Cliff and Chris Paul made it their pursuit to pass selflessness on to the next generation. And their children proved to be true prodigies. Got it. I got it. On the court. Chris's signature alley-oop-de-doo drew the attention of local scouts. While off the court, Little Cliff assisted neighborhood children by ensuring their new treehouse from his own State Farm branch. Before long, the Pauls knew that the future of the assist was in the right hands. Because one thing every State Farm agent can tell you is that a little assist goes a long way. No matter who it comes from. Now, did you catch the final line? A little assist goes a long way, no matter who it comes from. See, if you're the guy that makes the last shot, yes, you might end up being clutch. But at the end of the day, it's all about you that you made the final shot, you get the glory, it's all on you. But a little assist goes a long way. And so if you actually want to be clutch in your faith and you have to learn the assist, you have to learn that it's not all about you and making you look better. That actually in your faith, it's about making others look better. It's about helping the other person out. It's about doing what's best for the team. A little assist goes a long way, no matter who it comes from. Now, every single person in this room tonight can be clutch. How many of you would actually say that you're an athlete? Just raise your hand. Okay, how many of you would say, I don't give a anything about sports? 
give it anything like that, like that save instead of something I shouldn't say. See, every single one of you can be clutch because it's not just in sports. It's not just in basketball, but every one of you can be a person who lives to make assists. Because if you make an assist, you make someone else better. You make it about someone else. And this is the life that Jesus wants us to live. Jesus in your faith wants you to be clutch, but he wants you to be clutch, not about you becoming better, but about you serving others and making them better. And he shows us what this actually looks like in Mark chapter 10. So if you have a Bible, if there's one around you, you got one, there's some up here, there's like 8,000 up here. That's awesome. Um, Well, grab one. If you don't have a Bible, we would love to give this to you. Let it be your own. Write your name in it. Take it home. And for all of us, we're going to turn to Mark chapter 10. And before we actually jump into what's happening in Mark 10, let me explain a little bit about the context of what's happening right before. So the disciples have been hanging out with Jesus for a while. They've been following him. There are 12 of them. And then the disciples start to get this big head like, did you see that demon I, I cast out? Yeah, that's right. That was me. Yeah, did you see the, the people that I fed? I had that like fish and bread and I felt over 5,000. What'd you do? Like they start getting this big head thinking it's all about them and the power that they have. And then they start to argue. This is the most ridiculous thing ever. They start to argue. Hey, you know what? Whenever we get to heaven, I'm going to be sitting on Jesus's right hand, not you. They start to argue about position of where they're going to be in heaven next to Jesus. Like, look at my crown and how incredible I am. I don't know what you're doing, Zebedee or whatever their name is. For me, I'm going to be experiencing a little bit of glory in heaven. They start to make it about themselves. And this argument actually makes its way all the way to Jesus. And Jesus steps right into talking about this argument because they're, they're all about their popularity and their fame and their, their self-promotion. These are the things that the disciples are being consumed by. And so Jesus in Mark chapter 10, verse 43 speaks right into it. I'm going to read 42 and then 43 is going to be on the screen. Mark chapter 10, verse 42 says, And Jesus called, to them, called them to him and said to them, you know, what those who are considered rule, you know those who are considered rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them, and the great ones exercise authority over them. Now check out verse 33. Not so with you. You know that, that those people, the, the, the Gentiles, the Pharisees, everyone else, they act this way, that it's all about them and their self-promotion and the name on the back of the jersey. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be made first must be a slave of all. Verse 45, for even the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Go back to the first slide. Look at verse 43 one more time. The very first sentence, not so with you. See, every single thing in your world, all of your culture, sports and and media and social media, sweet mercy. Can we, I mean, like we are the over, oversensitized selfie generation, if we can call it what it is. Everything around you says you should be all about you and you being the better you and the best you and you being esteemed and have pedigree and have prestige and all these things to make you better. And Jesus speaks right into the heart of it. And he says, but listen, if you want to follow me, then not so with you. Not so with you. You don't make it about yourself. You make it about others. Whoever wants to be first must be a slave of all. Whoever wants to be great must be a servant. So there's an element that Jesus teaches us about our faith, that if you want to be clutch, if you want to come through and it matters most, 
in your faith, then you got to start to learn that it's not about you. It's about serving others. The greatest commandment that God gives us is love God and love others. Love God and love others. And you love others as you love yourself, but ultimately the way that you pour that out is towards others. Not so with you. And what this does is it takes away this desire, this, this need of fulfillment of fame, of finding it in other people's view of you, and it shifts it. Rather than you being about the name on the back of the jersey, being what's highlighted, your last name, you start to become about the name on the front of the jersey. See, if you want to have a faith that is clutch, you've got to understand that the name on the front of the jersey is more important than the name on the back. It is all about others. It's all about the team. It's all about the assist. You are called to make the team better, make others better, not yourself. This is how you become a person who lives to make assists. This is how you become clutch in your faith. And watch, we see that Jesus did this constantly. Jesus did this over and over and over in the scriptures. So the same disciples that are like losing their minds and making a fool of themselves, talking about who's going to be sitting on the right and the left, Jesus actually goes to them and he has a dinner with them. And at the dinner, they all sit down and then they walk in, all the disciples of Jesus walk in and they see this basin next to this chair with a towel. And they see this and they know exactly what is about to happen. And then they start to position themselves again, like, I'm going away from that. Yeah, you... Zebedee, you can go over there. Go ahead, John. You can, you can do that. You're the, like, you're the loved one. Just go over there, okay? And then what happens is Jesus sees all of them go away from this towel and this basin of water and this chair, and he goes right over to it. And he takes the towel, and he wraps it around his waist, and he gets down on his knees, and he asks all the disciples to come over one at a time. And he has them sit in a chair, and he takes the towel, he dips it in the water, and he starts to wash their feet. That Jesus, their leader, the Messiah, the one they've waited for, the one they've committed their life to, begins to wash their feet. Now, this isn't a big deal, okay? Like, they didn't have pedicures, you know what I'm saying? Chateau Alain didn't exist for you to go get a spa treatment. And um, we may think, how many of you wear Toms in the room? Anyone, Toms? Am I the only one? Okay, well, I'm cool and you're not, all right? Let's just call it what it is. So if I were to take these off, these are new. I have a pair that's like four years old. If I was to take them off, it would essentially evacuate this room. Because Tom's have this incredible ability to make your feet smell like absolute sewage. It's this, I don't understand why, but it just happens. All the sweat and it's nasty. How many of you would want to come up and touch my feet after I'm wearing these Tom's with no socks? You're crazy. I don't believe you. That's a lie. Um, no one would want to do that, right? Well, back in Jesus' day, the ability to say that I'm going to wash your feet was the nastiest possible thing you could do. Because the roads back then were filled with animals and people carrying through trade. And so they were making messes on the street. And there wasn't necessarily sanitation that was around like we have now. And people just had sandals. And so feet typically were considered like the dirtiest part of the body. Only the, un, the untouchable, the unlovable, the lowest of the low is the person who washes the feet. And yet Jesus came in and he said, listen, it's not about here. It's about here. It's not about me. It's about me serving you. Jesus, the King, the Messiah, our Savior, the one God in human form came down. If anyone has ever in their life deserved to have their name lifted higher, 
and have a ministry full of wearing robes and sitting on thrones and having crowns? It's Jesus. Yet instead of a ministry of robes, he decided to take a ministry of the towel and he served others. And he washed the feet of those that were serving him and that were following him. And he loved on them. And he said, I'm going to make this about you. See, the thing about Jesus, the key thing we have to get is that Jesus didn't come to show everyone how his life was the best. Jesus came to give everyone the best life. Jesus didn't come to say, hey, look at me, I'm here. <laughs> You've been waiting on me. Look, look at me. I'm Jesus. He didn't do that. He didn't come in to show everyone that his life was the best life. He didn't come in to say, look at me and how incredible I am. You're welcome. He said, let me show you, everyone, how you can have the best life. Let me serve you. Let me make this about you understanding that the best possible life you can have has to do with following me, committing your life to God, committing your life to that and putting your trust and your faith in me because of what I'm going to do. See, Jesus was the ultimate servant, stepped out of heaven, came and served all of us by giving us his life. Jesus lived a life filled with assists. So if you want to have a clutch faith, you have to learn how to make other people better, how to make your life about serving someone else. Now, the great part of this is that if that's how we live a clutch life, that is that you can be clutch everywhere. Every one of you tonight can be clutch in your faith. Maybe you decide to be clutch here at age 12. You ha Listen, all of you have talents. All of you have gifts. You have unique wirings that God has given you and said, I want you to do this and you to do this and you to be incredible at this and you to be better at that. And the way that you can be clutch is by utilizing your strengths and your talents right where you are. If you're an incredible singer, like these two girls, the, I've, they're 16, 17 years old, and they're, up here, and they're up here singing, leading you in worship. That's unreal. That's incredible. They're utilizing the talents and the strengths that God's given them and being clutch in their faith by serving. Maybe some of you are like, listen, I'm smarter than this entire room combined when it comes to technology and stuff like this. Awesome. Well, there are computers back there where you can go and serve and be a part of the tech team and making this environment better and serving others. Maybe you are the best friend anyone can have and you can make friends with this stand in 30 seconds. Awesome. Well, there are people here, I guarantee you, that are serving, going after those that are first-time visitors, those that don't have any friends here, those that are by themselves. Serve. Be a part of the church community that you're a part of because it's not about the name of the back of the jersey. What's more important is the name in the front. That we are all here to serve Christ and to serve others, to love God and to love others. Now, you can be clutch in many places. At church, you can be clutch at school by serving those around you, clutching your family, by maybe serving your parents rather than making them serve you. You can be clutch with your friends. You can be clutch in every single area of your life if you would simply have the resolve and the determination to say, I'm going to make my life about someone else not about me. Now, there's a, uh, there's a guy who's on staff here that's kind of been a coach of mine uh, since I was your age in high school. His name's Kevin Queen. He is our campus pastor at Hamilton Mill. And Kevin told me an incredible story that has literally been seared into my brain and I try to use every single day. He tells a story about going into high school. And when he walked into high school, he'd walk in the room and it was this hilarious way that he put it. He'd walk in the room and he'd be like, hey guys, what's up? Now, when I do that, what am I ultimately drawing attention to? 
me. Hey guys, here I am. <laughs> You're welcome. I'm here. Here I am. Hey, here I am. Now, who is that all about? Me. I want you to be overjoyed that I am here. I want you to be glad that I am here. And he challenged me. He said, Matt, here's what I want you to do. Every time you walk in a room, your tendency may be to say, hey, here I am. But what you needed to go is what you need to do is go in a room and say, hey, there you are. If we could simply become a people, if you want to practically know how to be clutch, then be someone that instead of saying, here I am, you say, there you are. Make it about someone else. Don't walk in a room or in a room looking for everyone to be glad that you are here. Walk in a room looking to make someone else feel glad that they are there. Make it about others. Serve others. That's what living a life that is clutching your faith, assisting others, serving others, and making it about them. You're making their life better, their night better, the ministry better, all of it better because you're being selfless in your faith and you're making it about them. The simplest, most practical thing you can do is walk in a room and say, hey, there you are. I've been waiting to see you. Rather than, hey, here I am. Aren't you glad I'm here? It's that simple twist, that simple turn. It's a heart decision to say, I'm going to make my life about serving others and making others better than myself. It's the easiest thing to do in the world, but it's the hardest thing as well. So the perfect place to start is with prayer. Let me pray for y'all. Father, I thank you that you show us how to live, that you give us this example of what to do, of, of how to live about, about making our life about others, about saying that, that we don't have to, to self-edify ourselves, we don't have to self-promote ourselves, God, but that every, sing, every single thing rises and falls in your hands. So Father, I pray that all of, our, all of our dreams, all of our desires, God, that you would see all of those and that we would have the ability to trust you with them rather than ourselves. Father, you're the source of our provision. You're the source of everything we need, everything we have, and we don't have to rely upon anything that we can do. All we got to do is trust you. And when we trust you for that, what you do is you see it and you always follow through. You are a faithful king and you are also the one who shows us how to live. You show us how to live by being selfless because you sent your son down here as a selfless, perfect sacrifice for us, showing us how to live, showing us what to do making it about others. So Father, I pray that we as a ministry, we as a collective group of people would choose every single day to make it about someone else. That we would be a people who walk in a room and say, there you are, rather than here I am. That we would choose to live out making assists, loving on others, loving our neighbor, loving you and loving others. Father, will we be a people who can live out that greatest commandment? give you everything that we have, and would you be glorified through every, every relationship we have, every opportunity we have. And as we do this, I pray, Father, that your, your blessing would follow our obedience. And as we step closer to you, as we draw near to you, you promise us in James 4, 8, that as we draw near to you, you will draw near to us. So, Father, may your presence be ever close. May you grow us in wisdom and in stature and in favor with both God and with men, just as you did Jesus. Father, that's my prayer over these people, that we would collectively become clutch in our faith. We come through when it matters most by serving others. So Father, may we love you, may we worship you, may we reflect upon you, and would you grow us up? In Jesus' name, amen.